Well, as we begin Holy Week on Monday of Holy Week and Tuesday of Holy Week and Wednesday of Holy Week, we see Judas, the figure of Judas, being focused on for all three of those days, in fact. And he really, I think it's important to take to heart uh, the kind of the evil that we're looking at here. So today we see Judas's rebuke of Mary. And uh, the reality of the matter is that he's envious of Jesus. And in addition to that, he's too cowardly to directly confront Jesus and like kind of attack Jesus or rebuke him, you know, to his face. So he's envious, he's a coward. He's and so then he redirects that envy and, and focuses it on this this woman who's just done a good thing. And then to top it all off, he's a thief. He steals from the communal money bag. Tomorrow we're gonna see that the scripture says from the Gospel of John that Satan himself, Satan himself, the chief fallen angel, enters into Judas. And this is right before he goes out to, to uh, bring the, the guards in and to, to, to arrest Jesus. And then Wednesday, it's kind of interesting because we, we step out of the Gospel of John it's almost as if there weren't enough passages in the Gospel of John about Judas. So we go to another Gospel to try to get some more passages on Judas because it's all about Judas for these three days. So in Matthew, we go to, we, on Wednesday we go to Matthew and we see the deal that Judas brokers with the Pharisees behind closed doors. So again, being a coward, he's going to betray Jesus, he's going to do it for money. He does it not in front of his face. And then to add insult to injury, um, because he doesn't want to be found out by the other disciples, at the Last Supper, Jesus says to everybody, he says to all 12 of them, he says, one of, one of you, one of you will betray me. And now the apostles were, were wise in that they knew that possibly it could be any one of them because they, they were saying to themselves, and this is wise, this is smart. You know, if you were John, if you were James, whoever you were, you'd say, well, I, I'm not intending on betraying Jesus right now, but maybe sometime in the future I'm going to do some evil act. And they're all horrified by the thought that they could become Jesus' betrayers. And so they each one of them, Lord, it... it Tell me, it's not me. It's not me. It's not going to be me, is it? Please, it's not. It's not I. And then Judas, because he doesn't want to be found out, he joins the crowd, and he says, "Oh, it's not I, is it? Oh, oh." So you've got hypocrisy. Yet. I mean, the, the the depth of the evil of Judas it really is remarkable. I mean, it knows no bounds. But my brothers and sisters, it would be really Superficial of us, if we were to think that the evangelists and the and our church's lectionary are focusing on Judas because they're scapegoating him or picking on him or hey let's talk about how bad this guy is. 
whenever the Bible includes the sins of these individuals during Passion Week, it does it because it's trying to talk about the fallen nature of human beings in general and sin in general. And if we want to get personal, we should look in the mirror. Okay? Because it's not about Judas, it's about us. It's about us. I love, the. there's a saying from St. Philip Neri. He, he would wake up every morning and he would say, Lord, beware of Philip. Beware of Philip. And really, when we're looking at Judas, we really should be seeing ourselves. And we should be able to say to God every day, Lord, beware of, of David. I can betray you. I can betray you, God. I'm looking at Judas, but I'm seeing myself. It's very, very important to understand that that's what the purpose of the passion narrative is. We're supposed to see ourselves reflected, the good and the bad in ourselves, reflected in these different figures that compose the drama of Passion Week. And so we've got 12 apostles. One of them was a bad apple. And in us, there's maybe a part of us that's a bad apple. And this reminds me of a debate between, uh, in the ancient church between St. Augustine and the former sect that he belonged to, the Manichaeans. And the Manichaeans had a false concept of the human person and how sin worked and the interface between human freedom and sin. And uh, St. Augustine, what he wanted to say was, was like, no, we don't have literally two different wills in us. Because you kind of might think, well, maybe I'm like schizophrenic or something. I've got a good will and I've got a bad will. No, you've got one will. The problem is that it's weak and that it vacillates, goes back and forth. Sometimes it seems ordained in the right direction or inclined in the right direction, disposed to do the right thing, loving what's good, able to do what's good, and sometimes it doesn't seem like that. Why is that? It's vacillating back and forth. It's weak. And so, my brothers and sisters, we need to pray for a good will. And we need to receive the Eucharist with the intention of it strengthening our will for the good so that it would love what is good and do what is good. There's no magic formula that we can use to make ourselves into a good person. We can't just decide to be a good person with a good will, loving the good, choosing the good, able to do the good. Uh, left to our own devices, we are Judas. And there's nothing but God's grace that can give us a new will that truly loves God and loves what is good and has the ability to do what is good. Only God can do that for us. And so we ask him for that grace, lest we too become Judas.